Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches. Huh? You think you can do this shit? Jay! You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, nigga. 23-hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. What's yes, up, good up. movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually cut the King Kong line out of yeah. the clip because I'm like, let me not be that on the nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone will hear it and go, well done. And if you don't, then you don't deserve it. Welcome <laughs> to the, the Unnamed Movie Podcast. This is podcast. This is Andrew. Your, your license to listen has been revoked. <laughs> and this is Douglas. We're all on video for the first time. Yes, we're all yes. seeing each other. This does not happen. I mean, seeing things. what seeing is not what you're doing with me. <laughs> That's true. It's more believing than yeah. seeing. Yes. I mean, I mean, when the light isn't on uh-huh. and you can't see you. You see, if if yeah. I turn off my light, like you could see me, but Damon, uh-huh. I can't see you with the light yeah. off. That's right. I don't know what it is. I haven't. I, I haven't figured out the, the <laughs> science behind it. <laughs> I think the internet is racist. <laughs> That's entirely plausible. Um, Based on a moment of evidence, I think the internet is racist. I think it's because it's all going through AWS servers. That's probably why. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, did you see movie... before? Huh? Did you see Microsoft's um, AI thing? that they've built to combat online racism. No, I've not heard this story. You guys need, when this is over, and for people listening, you guys need, you have to see this thing because never has so much intelligence been put behind something so catastrophically stupid. (laughs) They have a (laughs) slider, basically, to turn off and turn down racism that the computer can find. And no one at Microsoft the whole time was just like, this is going to be... When people see this, <laughs> this is going to be bad. Uh, so yeah, you guys should look at that. Is it like directed at social media or is it just like the entire internet? No, so they're to building it so that um, game developers can use it to f- essentially filter out um, um, anti-Semitism. But like and in-game chat stuff and like stuff. That, uh, as also, to see maybe we shouldn't train computers, uh, computer AI <laughs> on racism, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that when they get sentient, they don't, they don't know what love, we train them to do. I love watching those stories of all of those systems that they've trained. They're like, okay, we're going to train you on. to talk, and then within minutes, it's like, oh shit, it's racist now because <laughs> that's what it's learning because <laughs> that's what the internet is. <laughs> Yep. So moving right along, um, this week we are here 
to discuss a film that came out in a year that probably doesn't really exist. We'll find out in 20 years from now, if we still remember. Um, the year 2021, that is the movie directed by one Mr. Adam Wingard. That is Godzilla versus King Kong. So, Godzilla versus King Kong. Someone, someone sat down in a room and asked, what if we took Godzilla, a large dinosaur mm-hmm. who breathes radioactive beams out of his face, and we took King Kong, a massive gorilla, who I guess is a massive gorilla, yep. um, and we just made them fight. You know, they actually took that that line from Godzilla One, where where um, as Douglas would say, Chow Young Fat. Um, <laughs> I will mm-hmm. never live that down. Eh? <laughs> says, why not just let them fight? Um, and they said, sure. Um, so here we are in the true monster verse of a movie. I don't know how much we are just inundated with monster verse movies. Like have we have any of us like I know I've watched the original Godzilla, but I've never really watched like any of those like the whole series of films. Right. Not really. Probably I'm sure I've seen snippets on like, you know, a sci-fi marathon when I was twelve or something. But yeah, I have not actively decided to watch any of those old campy movies. I saw the f- I saw a couple King Kongs, but the only Godzilla movies I've seen are from 1998 onwards. If we include King Kong, I've seen the version with Jeff Bridges. Apparently there's like an 80s version. Yeah, I kind of remember seeing that on TV. Yeah. Can I remember that being on TV and being like, is that King Kong? And my brain not being old enough to recognize to remember if it was King Kong or not. Um, <laughs> also, I've seen Training Day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, King Kong versus Godzilla. Damien, you, I, sir, are the king of nonsense on this podcast. I mean, Douglas I, likes to challenge you from time to time. But I think you're still the best. It's a claim I don't, I no longer want. <laughs> Although by the end of this, uh, I, I think I'm going to betray everything I just said because <laughs> there's something I have to talk about. And <laughs> that's Was so, there enough nonsense in this movie? So, yes, uh, there were people talking in this movie, but if you ignore all of that, and this movie is fantastic. <laughs> You're saying if I if I delete an hour and forty five minutes of the two hour runtime, I'm saying that if you ignore, uh, so what this movie is for? Let before we do this, cause we do this all the time. <laughs> uh, this movie it follows on from. The Godzilla movie from 2014 uh, that Gareth Edwards made. And then they made Kong Skull Island. 
and then they made a truly terrible Godzilla King of the Monsters movie. And this is now the fourth movie in the Monsterverse or Godzilla, whatever they're, they're calling. Uh, the story in this, in this one, even for the low, low bar that is Godzilla and King Kong story, the story in this one is so stupid and so irrelevant <laughs> that there's a point towards the end where they have magic flying spaceships and they use it to recharge Kong's heart. And so this, there's no, it is set in a reality, but none that bears any resemblance to actual reality. Uh, which is not what the Godzilla and Kong Skull Island were trying to root this story in our reality King of the Monsters went off the rails and this one follows on from that. And this, the story is they have Godzilla in a containment facility on his island. It's never explained why. Uh, there's a little girl talking to him. That isn't explained. Did they say it was his island? I assume yeah. it wasn't his island. Just no, it's, they were on... Screens to make it look like it. It said Skull Island. Um, when okay. they, they put a don't they dropped a they put dome, a dome on Skull on Island, Skull and Island. And put TV yeah. screens to, right. to mimic so they like Skull caught Island. him in a, in a in a so they thought then, they could trick him. But then him. that makes it even worse because listen, does it? They said, right? So here is a <laughs> worse. Part of the, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, we need to. We need no. We need to talk about this. We need to because go is, into the nonsense. There is a part of the logic that they tried to present to me as like reasonable and believable. So. First of all, there is a place that they want to go to. They would like to travel to the center of the earth. Mm -hmm. Let's not make any jokes about that. Um, yes. But they said that at one stage, they said, okay, one of the theories is that that place opened up and, and spot, spit out the islands and that there was a path between the, the Skull Island and there. So, mm -hmm. but then... Instead of just, since they're already on Skull Island, instead of going through that path, they, mm -hmm. tra they traveled with him to another path? Why? Why would they do so that? that oh, okay. So that you can have, the, reason why so that you can have Godzilla fight him in the water. <laughs> and so, first of all, the correct uh, answer to that is that they don't know where the path is on Skull Island, but the more correct answer is what Damien just yes. provided. <laughs> yes. How's about the big hole in the ground? Hey, How's about that? Hey. If they do that, then you don't get the Godzilla fight <laughs> on the boats. So don't be stupid, Douglas. <laughs> Obviously, they couldn't go that way. Are you talking about the Neon Genesis Evangelion reference? That that fight on the boats? No? Nobody's biting me? All right, cool. I'll be quiet. Can you, I'll take, can I'll take you my anime the, self away. Can, I'll can take you my see anime the hatred? <laughs> Now that I'm on camera, can you see how much <laughs> I dislike you? <laughs> I, actually, I actually just thought your camera froze, but you oh. know, that's just me. Right. Uh, so, right. So, where were we? Right. They trapped Kong on his island and are mimicking his island for reasons. That's step one. <laughs> He's talking to a little girl for reasons. That's step two. 
Now, Godzilla comes out of nowhere and attacks. God damn it, Andrew. Godzilla comes out of nowhere and attacks a facility. Right? Paperboy works at said facility. Paperboy? He and Enola Holmes need to be cut out of this movie entirely. <laughs> Their entire storyline and all, arc. First of all, yes. I am going to be very upset uh-huh. at your removal uh-huh. of, of our Hunt for the Wilder People child from your story. How is he not listed in the series of character, important characters because that we learn? I about? like him. <laughs> and he is barely in this movie. <laughs> So, you know, I think he has two lines. And how little he's in this movie. Until you said that, I had completely forgotten he was. Exactly. <laughs> he says something to her when they go into a car, and then coach tells him to shut up at the end of the movie. That is all. <laughs> That's the only thing he's in the movie for. No. Godzilla attacks. No one knows why, because he's supposed to be a protector. And that is when the movie is has their Elon Musk surrogate speak to one of the Scars guards. I don't care anymore which one of them, either one. And is like, hey, the one, the one who knows Suki. Right, hey, you wrote this book. How about you take me to the center of the earth? And then he tells a story about his brother dying. They show a photograph, you know, for feelings. Then he teleports to Skull Island where he could have entered, as Douglas said, the center of the, the world. But they don't do that. Do you that. think that Daddy Skarsgård like, gave Baby Skarsgård a lesson in how to be in comic book sci-fi characters who know science? Mm, I, <laughs> I think he said... Listen, they'll pay us a lot of money to stand here <laughs> and see like some of the worst a, lines in front of a chalkboard that yeah. has like scribbles on it, right? That makes no sense. I'd yeah. be like, I make sense, yeah. They're just, yeah. They're just like, just have a foreign accent, you sound more intelligent, yeah. <laughs> um, they go to Skull Island and then they're like, Hey, you want to carry this giant gorilla to Antarctica? and the girl just says, Yeah, why not? And then the military gets involved for unknown reasons. She's, it's not a military facility. Who knows? Just off one scientist going, can we borrow Godzilla? We have 400 million warships <laughs> taking yeah, Godzilla. Maybe it wasn't the military. Maybe it was just Argos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taking Godzilla to Antarctica. Um, and the reason they're going through Antarctica is to showcase snow physics uh, and snow CG that Warner Brothers have procured because there's no other reason. Uh, Godzilla attacks King Kong on the water. Uh, that fight is great. Uh, it's a reference back to the shitty Godzilla movie we don't like. Uh, King Kong jumps from... Um, Aircraft carrier to aircraft carrier to punch Godzilla in the face. And then um, Kong loses uh, because, you know, there's not, he's not great in the water. 
And then some general says, turn off the power. And they do. And Godzilla is like, I guess everybody's there. Sure, I could sense King Kong clear across the world once they started moving him. But now that these boats are off, I cannot sense King Kong anymore. Because reasons. <laughs> then I, just like to say, I just like to say that mm-hmm. I find it fascinating that when Damien loves a movie a lot, yeah. he does this where he reads through the entire sino- the entire plot <laughs> of the movie as if that helps the review. Hey. But he also does it when he hates the movie, when he needs yes. to like talk through all of the things he hates. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to tell you everything so you don't have to watch the movie. Right. Mm. So, because if, if I came on here and said, hey, there's some Godzilla fights, you'd go, that doesn't help me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I need to prepare people for how dumb this movie is so you can get ready and ignore all of that. <laughs> because what is, what is necessary and essential in this movie are two incredible fights. That is it. The fight on the water is short, but sweet. And then at the back half of the movie, they're just like, listen, we've come to Tokyo. We're setting it in the evening so that all these neon colors can be there. And then we're going to unleash Mecha Godzilla. And then, but the problem is they intercut it with people talking, which is not what anybody asks for. Um, like, all of the science parts of this movie feels like the people from the Fast and Furious movies were put on this project to write it. They're just like, what would a child think would happen if this? And that is what they did. (laughs) Like, Fast and Furious cars can fly and computers can control things that they can't control. And uh, The Rock held a missile in his hand and diverted it to somewhere else. That is the same kind of logic that has been applied here to this King Kong movie. And if you walked into this movie expecting something other than two big monsters punching each other, then that's kind of on you. This movie feels a lot like Pacific Rim, where it's dumb, but the fights are good. So you ignore the dumb parts. (laughs) You're just like... We need to focus That's a movie on. I should go back to. I haven't watched it in so long. Every time I watch that movie, and I watch it at least once a year, when the laser, when the laser sword comes out at the end, I still get just as upset because they had a laser sword the whole movie. And we're just like, nah. <laughs> we're not going to use it till the very end. Still very upsetting. Uh, a pacified rim 2 is not good. <laughs> I like it. I've not but, watched it. But it's um, not good. Uh, but I listen. think they've also made like a couple of TV series oh, later yeah, on they, or whatever. They, they have a new um, Japanese show on Netflix. Pacific oh. Rim Black something. something. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that. So, but, okay. Mm-hmm. Godzilla versus the King Kong Man. Um, I will read this in the tonation that I feel this movie was written in. There is a large monkey. There is a large lizard. They punch each other, mm-hmm. but this movie is still bad. 
I do not like that monkey. I do not like that lizard. They punch each other and this movie is still goddamn awful. It is terrible. It's so bad that I started muting the movie partially because like no one was waking up to the sounds of the roars and I was like, oh, I should like turn this down and put on subtitles. But like this movie is bad. It is. It's supposed to be. (laughs) No, but it's not even like the kind of bad movie that like endears itself to its nonsense because I feel like the movie you see, Damien, Mm -hmm. is really you closing your eyes for 90 minutes and then opening it to the 10 you like. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so in your mind, you have seen the, the, the movie in which the person making it understands what a bad movie looks like and is like, yes. look, I'm making monsters fight each other. Who gives a shit? Um, His eyes have seen the glory. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but the problem is he still made those 90 minutes of, of just garbage right mm-hmm. um and by the time you get to the fighting you are so numb to any existence or any sort of joy that you're just like what am i even still here for um this movie is only here to punish me for liking a one godzilla movie no listen, right? noah was watching the movie properly noah listened for the roars and then perked up he's like all right <laughs> it's time <laughs> And you were like, oh no, let me pay attention to the talking parts. And no, no see, the, uh, promptly we went to made, sleep. <laughs> we even made these jokes when like the trailer came out where I was like, how much talking should we be allowed to endure for this movie? Yeah. And it's not that I wanted a talking movie. I didn't. No one does. But it's the movie they gave me, right? They still gave me that goddamn movie. And it's it's weird. They even go so far, and I guess I'm just going to drop the spoiler tag on this podcast. Um, they go so far as to bring in the Mecha Godzilla, mm-hmm. right? Which I, I've once again, it's something I've only heard of. Hearing people who really love these MonsterVerse movies talk about MonsterVerse shit, um, but it's it's fun to me to see how cartoonish this movie got, how Saturday morning cartoonish this movie got around mm-hmm. things like Mecha Godzilla to the point where they have children for all of the monsters. It's like that literal Saturday morning cartoon we would watch of Godzilla where there were children who would go, Godzilla, save my world. And every week Godzilla would save it because the children asked nicely. Um, <laughs> because you have... Um, you have 11 on one side and then you have random indigenous girl um, to do with King Kong. Indigenous um, still sounds like it's something that you use with plants. Like it doesn't sound like a yes, but it is, but it is more <laughs> accurate. It's less bad, yes. <laughs> yes. In my head, I was going for that because I didn't want to yeah. pick a specific nationality because mm. the movie is trying not to say what it is. She's from right. Skull Island. She's Scullion. <laughs> She's a Scullion, okay? Um, but yeah, like, and, and they literally go like, yes, Skull she's Odom. the one who can tell she's the one who can tell Kong what to do. She He won't murder her. Stay with her and you'll be safe. In English um, slime language, though. <laughs> she's an Scullion. Yeah. Um, it's, she's a Scullion? It's stupid. <laughs> and, and it's... And, and, and these these inherent things aren't what makes the movie in, actually bad because these all element all elements are things that could be in a movie that is knowingly as stupid as it wants to be, but it can't allow itself to be stupid for twenty minutes and then be boring for another eighty. Right? 
Um, because that's what we have. It is just boring, right? Yes. It they don't even like with Pacific Rim. What what I can remember of it, that movie, even though it was not it was one of these talky science fiction movies where they go from place a to place b and a science guy goes but that didn't make any sense because the numbers aren't high enough or whatever nonsense they said it wasn't boring to go through those scenes that were not fights right and i think that's what this movie misses is that throughout anything that isn't a fight scene it was boring and if you get to the point where i got when the fight scene shows up at this point, you're just like, I, I saw it in the trailer. I'm good. I saw a big thing hit a big thing. I don't need to watch this movie anymore. <laughs> ah, you've grown into a cynical old man. <laughs> Andrew, a giant lizard punch a giant monkey. And you're just like, now. Nah. <laughs> I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> I want it not to be boring. What? That's what I want. What I want it not to be boring. Um, I don't know, dog. I don't know. All right. So I'm going to start off by just reading through some of my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, my first note here is paper boy, paper boy. All about that paper boy, that paper boy. Oh, it's sad that um, to this day, no matter what, when I see him in a movie, that song plays in my head. Um, um, what else would play in your head, Douglas? <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the rest of my notes. 16 minutes in, already too much talking. Yep. <laughs> then um, I have a note saying they have their own Jaegers. I was going to talk about, you know, how it reminded me of Pacrim, but we've spoken about that, so I will, I will move on. Um, getting towards the end of this movie... Something we have not spoken about, and I am quite disappointed in Damien that we haven't spoken about it, is that Kang actually has tools, and mm-hmm. he finds an axe um, that he uses mm-hmm. to try and defeat Godzilla Gojira. and the Mecha Godzilla. And I thought that thing was the funniest part of the movie because. I started to think to myself, boy, it's kind of like a power axe. But yeah. hold on, does he have like any names for this power axe? For example, would King Kong perhaps call this axe Blue Power? And I was dying for like um, the, whole, the rest of the movie because every time he brought out this, uh-huh. the, the axe, I would think like, you know, in some uh-huh. sort of He-Man voice, yeah. by the power of blue power! <laughs> and <laughs> and um, the reason I find this as funny is because, um, you know, blue power is like some sort of cake soap in Jamaica. Yes, that cake, so it yeah. makes it even, even yeah. better. Right. Um, uh, my notes started tailing off. I again made another note to say that there are too much talking bits. Yes. Um, and they, this movie has a serious problem, right? And I am torn between both sides of this argument of Andrew and Damien's because my final note here actually really agrees with Andrew where I said either they need to make the unexciting bits better or they need to start off with more exciting bits so I forgive, forgive the, the rubbish, right? 
and that is really the the shortfall of this movie and this movie um i want to see it the way damien does and part of me does right because boy damien it did have some shenanigans mm-hmm. right but here is the difference for me between pack rim and this movie first of all pack rim was feature length this movie was what five hours long <laughs> six something like that yeah. so i start there but and so there's a lot of unnecessary stuff in this movie but on top of that right the real difference between pack rim and this movie is winking smiling and the um ability or the skill to do both right also they knew they needed a ron perlman they have no ron perlman in this movie <laughs> ron perlman makes boy. every movie better per- they... paper boy look as much as we love paper boy mm-hmm. he's not ron perlman I ron, mean, no perlman one said has... that. ron perlman knows exactly what to do when he's asked to show up in a movie and he does it every time on note he hits his mark <laughs> but not even just ron perlman right and ron perlman can be fun but they this movie i think it knows that it's dumb but i shouldn't have to think that i should know that i know it with pack rim i kind of 90 percent believe that it knows that it's dumb here as opposed to the thousand percent that i have with pack rim and the reason that i'm not sure that they uh, or i'm not a hundred percent sure that they know that this is dumb is because when they do have talking bits, they don't have the capacity, they don't have the people who have the sort of charisma, the sort of, I know what I'm here for, the sort of scenery chewing abilities that Pacrim does. Andrew talks about um, Ron Perlman. Need we forget the two scientists, um, one of which is the wild card from It's Always Sunny, I, I don't know why I can't remember his name anymore. Charlie it's Day. A long time. Charlie mm-hmm. Day. And the other fella, actually, I actually don't know who he is. Um, uh, for a second, I was thinking of somebody else. But um, he's a British guy who's in various things all over the place. But those are two strong characters who know what they're doing, know what they're there for, and are just taking chunks out of out of the scenery here we have paperboy who is actually i would say he is fair you know fair to not quite good yet but fair um in his knowledge and capacity of what he's doing like the way he speaks the way he acts is ridiculous and he clearly knows what he's there for um as much as i love hunt for the wilder people boy he is not doing that here as much as I love Eleven, she's not doing that here either. Coach only knows how to do one thing, which is stand in place and have mm-hmm. no emotion. Right? Yep. And that's why they only gave him two lines. <laughs> exactly. Right? He's saying, don't go anywhere, daughter. Where are you, daughter? That's <laughs> yeah. the end of it. <laughs> so all of the people who are doing the supporting sp- st- spot, right? Who are supposed to effectively be uh let's for lack of a better word comic relief because they're supposed to know i am not here for seriousness are just not able to do that and that is a problem with this movie i mean the one person i would say we haven't mentioned that i feel 
knows who he is and kind of does sort of well with his scenes is Damian Bashir. Damian Bashir, I feel, did well. That's the Elon Musk guy? Yep, the Elon Musk guy. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, Mexican right. Bob. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, he, what's he talking about? Well, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't he, use real names on this podcast. I his real name. Um, Terry. He, do, he does well in his scenes. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, he's, yeah. Like, yeah. he's quite possibly the best of the non monster characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is, he, he, especially like the moment when his demise occurs, mm-hmm. right? Like, he owns that moment, and I think I'll, that's probably the one the one human scene in this movie that I'm like, all right, that's a good scene. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. He is pretty pretty good in this movie. Not he is not um, uh, Kenneth Branagh in Tenet good, but he's he's pretty good in this movie. Um, he's not he's not Mandalorian in Wonder Woman eighty four good. No, but he's getting good. there. But he but he's like he's like he he's like I saw that movie. And I learned a few things. Let me see if I could try. <laughs> and he and he puts in a good attempt. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, I this is one of those movies where actually when I left it, I was one hundred percent in Andrew's camp. Um, because of the shortfalls of the talking. All of this crying that's going on in this movie is just mm-hmm. too much. Um, the more I think about it the more I'm leaning a little more towards Damien's camp because I did really enjoy some of those scenes, some of those fights. Um, and I almost want to watch it again to cement myself in Damien's camp. But here's the thing. That movie is 10 hours long. I don't know if I'm going to do that to myself again. Um, but yeah, uh, watch her beware. <laughs> if you... I mean, I mean, you can. Part of what is missing on this, um, in the, for this movie, is that all of us watch it at home. There's very few movies where a giant screen is necessary for en- for enjoyment. Yeah, this is definite. The bigger the screen you can get this movie on, the better this movie will be, because. In the times when people are talking, you'll be able to talk to your friends, check Twitter, all of those things. And then this, the whole building sir, will rumble. Sir, 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 <laughs> yes. why, are you, why are you telling people to do all the bad things at the movies they shouldn't be doing? How dare you? Because you walked into a King Kong versus Godzilla movie. <laughs> well, then tell them to stay out of my art house movies because I don't want to see them there. This movie is only to be enjoyed in as loud a place as possible with as big a screen as possible. I was able to recreate the loud part, not the screen part. But when the monsters are fighting and the whole building rattles, you go, yeah, man. This is, this is what this movie is. This movie is a test for speakers <laughs> and a test for... You've, like... It's supposed to be, it's a big, low, dumb movie. No. Would I have preferred less people talking? Sure. Will one day they have the confidence to make one of these movies where there's no people talking? I doubt it. Because for some reason they believe that without having human people there, you won't be able to. I don't know. 
would the movie have been better if it started with King Kong and Godzilla on in the center of the earth and Godzilla trying to prevent King Kong from getting that um, blue power axe and King Kong just coming up with more and more elaborate ways to get around him? Sure. That's not the movie they made. It's a movie I would make. That's not what they made. What they did make. I'm now I'm now imagining a whole I'm I'm imagining now a whole sequence flashback to when both of them are in the center of the earth and they're babies. And it's <laughs> baby Godzilla versus baby Kong. Right. Yeah. Just have that. Just throw the ages they've been fighting. They could do that. They didn't. But they should probably make a show of, you know, the baby Godzilla and baby Kong. And they could have the theme song be like the Muppet Babies theme song. I think that would be great. Monster Babies? Monster Babies. No? Okay, cool. I'm going to do, do you get Adam Sandler to play Mothra? I don't, I don't, I don't get that reference. What does Adam Sandler have to do with Mothra? Um... Because he was in that Halloween movie, that Halloween cartoon movie. Douglas, can you mute Andrew for me, please? No, he doesn't have the power. <laughs> Only I have the power. Andrew has the power of grace. Uh, listen, the the Kong versus Godzilla fight one on one is incredible, and then that leads into the Mecha Godzilla fight, which is less incredible but still fun, and. That's between also, that and the aircraft carrier scene that's 25 minutes of action. Yeah, I'm good. I also want to make it very clear. I set up the rules months ago when the first trailer hit. If I said, and I quote, if this movie ends with not one of them being a defined winner, then no. this movie is trash. And they did it. They gave me a third monster to be to no, distract no, 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 no. me from the Kong versus Godzilla no. discussion. So, no, and they they did the thing that you wanted then because Godzilla definitely won. <laughs> if someone has to use a magical spaceship to <laughs> to charge your heart back up, <laughs> then it means you lost. Godzilla. But they made them friend they made them friends at the end. I don't want that. I want but you didn't specify that now, did you? You said you wanted a clear (laughs) widow. Godzilla won. (laughs) And then lost to Mecha Godzilla. And King Kong had to help him. And then they're going to rest up. And then Kong V Zilla too. In Las Vegas, I assume. Uh, it will be on Showtime. <laughs> Winner gets fifty million. I don't. I don't know what giant monsters take as payment. Uh, but yeah, Godzilla won, fair and square. In fact, King Kong had a magic axe and still lost. Now, Godzilla has a laser beam. I don't know where he got that from. They don't explain any of that, and I don't need them to explain any of that. The problem with this movie is that he was trying to explain things. And it fell short. And they had... They, kudos for them to, for getting actual talent. But then they asked those talented people to literally do nothing in this movie. <laughs> and so, uh, listen, I see that that part of the movie is not good. But there's the parts where the 
giant lizard fights a giant monkey. And I'm, yeah, that's what, that's what the marquee said. And that is what I was paying for. So yeah, I'm fine. Uh, but before, so move, before are you st- are you still in the middle? Are you still are you still the Mecha Godzilla of this of this of this discussion? Yeah, I think I, um um. So we're I going to said, team up to kill Douglas. About, the, more, <laughs> the more I tip over to Damien's side, but in order to actually be on Damien's side, I need to watch this movie again. And boy, you, but you shouldn't. <laughs> Not I unless you can watch it in a theater, and we're never yeah. getting those back again. <laughs> yeah, and that's to be honest. You you mentioned that. That's probably why I, I, why it's so hard for me to like this movie because you watch it alone. These mm-hmm. are the types of movies that right. you watch with people Douglas I was just going to say that you when you make fun of it you have not just you appreciate that yeah the movie is probably not that good but the sort of um enjoyment that you had around it Douglas, it was about the friends we made along the way Douglas if the three of us sit down and watch this movie I am guaranteeing you that we love this movie a lot more. It's, <laughs> it's just for me throwing popcorn at Damien. Guarantee. It's, it's, it's the Wanderlust effect. Damien, yeah. do you remember watching Wanderlust with me? Yes, I do. How good was that movie? That movie is fantastic. No, Until... David, do you remember watching it by yourself? <laughs> yes. The, the first time I saw it with you, boy, we're having ourselves a time. And then, for some reason, we had to leave and go... I think to go watch a movie or something. Oh, then, when, yeah. then when I watch it on my own, I'm just like, I think this movie is bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I that movie is, the same yeah, But at least that movie isn't designed to be a blockbuster. King Kong is. Yeah. Like this yeah. movie is designed to be seen with a lot of people on a big theater and have people cheering on loudly fake monsters. But we didn't get that. You had to sit at home and stare at your TV and ego and need a bigger TV. <laughs> and then go. I don't like this movie. This movie about a giant lizard or a giant monkey. I'm not a fan of the story part. Which is ridiculous. That's not why you sat down. But so uh, while watching this movie, when this movie was over, I started looking at who um I know Garrett Edwards did the first one, but I didn't I wasn't sure of who did the other movies. So um the guy that did um Kings of Summer um did Skull Island. And apparently he oh, is doing I like both of those movies. That right. And apparently he is doing the Metal Gear Solid movie that has been announced. So I'm Definitely looking forward to that. Um, the one that made Until King of the Monsters is the guy that made Trick or Treat, Douglas, which I'm very King upset. King of the Monsters. What's King of the Monsters? Godzilla, King of the Monsters. The second Godzilla, second Godzilla movie. Yeah, yeah that movie yeah, the, is bad. Godzilla yeah. versus Mothra. But that's the guy that made Trick or I Treat. I haven't watched Trick or Treat, by the way. Oh, so, well, Andrew, have you seen Krampus, his 2015 movie? Oh, yep. I saw Krampus. Yep. I saw Krampus. I, I went to the theater to watch that. Yeah. I remember right. liking it. All right, yeah. so I need to watch that because that's what he did in between Trick or Treat and the terrible Godzilla movie. But good news, 
there's a trick or treat two announced. So apparently he did that Godzilla movie to fund trick or treat two. <laughs> and I, listen, I get it. I I'd take that terrible Godzilla movie to get trick or treat two. No, he has to make trick or treat two fantastic, or this will have all been just a terrible. Everything would have been terrible. But apparently Krampus is good, so I'll give that a watch. Um, and then, of course, this Godzilla movie. It's not fantastic. It, let's, 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 let's be clear. It's not ready or not levels. But I remember enjoying it. Listen, uh, he made Trick or Treat. I think I have an idea of what kind of movie he is going <laughs> for. <laughs> I don't expect excellence. I expect a fun, dumb movie. Um, but, um, and of course, Adam Wingard did Your Next and whatever, and we spoke about that. Here's the thing, though. I checked on the original maker of Godzilla, my boy Roland Emmerich. <laughs> I am going to read you the synopsis of his next movie. A space crew... Don't want to hear anything about it. I've seen hold a trailer. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know no, there's like a trailer out. But yes. I, I'd like to hear this, but... Yes. Um, we need to go back. What are you mm -hmm. talking about? Did Roland Emmerich do a King Kong movie? He did the first Godzilla movie. Oh, Godzilla, rather. The first yeah, one. Oh, the 1990s. Oh, yes. Okay. He means the first one when he was alive. Yes. When he, that didn't have subtitles. Right. Um, Douglas. I, so, Andrew has seen a trailer. I don't think Douglas has seen the trailer. I'm not going to tell you the name. I want you to guess the name of this movie after I tell you the synopsis. A space crew travels to the moon after it's struck by an asteroid and is sent on a collision course with Earth. What is the name of this movie, Douglas? Armageddon. S Moonfall. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew says there's a trailer. I cannot wait. I didn't even search to see if there was a trailer. I cannot wait to watch this. Uh, Roland Emmerich, crazy, crazy man, keep making the world's dumbest movies. I am 100% here for you. Uh, but listen. okay, maybe there isn't a trailer. I just okay. like decided to go and look on it. Mm -hmm. I think maybe there's something else I saw yeah. that I think I know, had Roland I, Emmerich's mm -hmm. name on it. I know, mm -hmm. so I just thought you were talking about it because when Damon started talking about space, I thought I had seen the trailer too. Is it the one with Colin? For Colin Farrell and he's like drugging children so that they don't have sex. Is that the one? I have and no they, idea. And then I've, I can't remember anymore at this point. And, and then they have sex and break the spaceship. Something like that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what the trailer tells me. Wow. <laughs> Listen, if you guys think Ronald Emmerich is making a movie where the moon is attacking the earth and I'm not going to watch that, <laughs> you guys are incorrect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. His movies are, if if nothing else, um, uh, they're bombastic. They're revengeful. Yep. Do they make any sense? So moving right along. No. Don't want to hear about Roland Emmerich. He's... What does you're, he have to offer us? You're a hater. You, sir, <laughs> are a hater. Um, him and Terrence Malick, same career path, just fell down after that. that I'm sorry, that, I'm sorry, that what? Path. When, when did Terrence Malick make a good movie? 
um, you know, before you are allowed to watch movies. Have, um, did, have you, has he ever made an entertaining movie? The answer yeah. is... No. True of Life. Best movie in the world. I said movie. I was specific. Right. Speaking of terrible things, what have, I, what have you been watching? <laughs> before we get there, uh-huh. we have to continue our marathon of Jazz Yankee films. <sighs> God damn it. Um, with his <laughs> 2002 entry, Unknown Pleasures. Movie ends with him saying unknown pleasures. <laughs> so the year is 2002. Jia Zhangke um, decides to make a film about the youth in China. The youth who don't know what to do was. As the as they're trying to figure out the world and the world doesn't want them, it, it reminded me a lot of like watching a Godar film where it's just young people running around and frenetic editing and lots of crazy stuff and nothing necessarily makes sense, um, and you don't necessarily empathize with anything, but stuff is sort of happening. Yeah, and happen. he's like, and he's and and the whole point of the movie is you're like. Young people, they don't get it, or you don't get young people yet, right? Um, so yeah, just don't understand. <laughs> basically, because uh, I mean, because <laughs> basically, this movie is just filled with children where their parents are just like, "Why are you doing the thing you're doing?" Yes. Um, Please go off to the military and leave me alone, <laughs> you terrible, terrible boy. Or stop singing and dancing and let me die in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Douglas, um, you sir are the king of the marathon. So tell me, tell me more. How okay. how did you feel about this film? Um, not much feelings about this film. So I have watched a feature length film. Actually, I've watched even more than longer than a feature length film. Unfortunately, this movie is still longer than the longest feature length. This movie is about two hours long. I have watched an hour and forty. <laughs> Um, and I can safely say that after watching almost 90% of this movie, I still don't know what is going on. Uh, the, I'll say a few things about it, though. First off, this movie starts off with, um, I guess it's setting this, this, the tone, the scene, or, or, or the context of um, the characters and where they are. It starts off with a performance by some young lady who is auditioning, or it seems to be auditioning for a troupe, a dance troupe or an entertainment troupe. And the name of the song she's, or the name of her dance is Unknown Pleasures. Yes. And I was actually uh, disappointed, not disappointed, um, confused is a better word. Because if you call your, uh, your, your dance Unknown Pleasures, I think we both know what that dance is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, she 
danced like a five-year-old um, dancing for her father. That was not a dance that should be called Unknown Pleasures. It <laughs> was like the tamest of tame things, which was so strange. Um, and I guess, in a way, it is it contextualizes this whole movie because you go into this, somebody tells you that you're going to watch a film. And so you say, oh, perhaps there will be a story and there will be a through line and I will be able to follow it and understand and um, learn more about the characters, maybe empathize with some of them. And there will, you know, uh, be some sort of character development. No, there isn't. Um, <laughs> and so it is the perfect metaphor for this whole movie. Uh, I'm being a little bit harsh, but this movie is, is quite, um, for me, it was difficult to, to follow. It, it has some of the same hallmark Jean Kegia, um things in terms of how it's edited, in terms of how the story flows, in terms of how the, the characters move forward. And they do kind of grow and, and, and things happen to them. But you, you're asked to do a lot of um, assumptions, right? You're asked to, to decide that you know what happened when you weren't looking, right? And you're also asked to make some pretty pretty big jumps. For example, so this movie, I think, um, kind of focuses on two, let's call them main characters, two friends, mm -hmm. um, two guy friends. And one of the guy friends uh, essentially falls in love or something with the dancer that I was talking about before. Um, who is some hot shit in her neighborhood and has some some uh, vaguely nefarious boyfriend or sugar daddy type of person that is in her life. And then you have another one, the other friend who just lost his job, I guess is a bit of a bum, and um, his mother wants him to go to the army, right? Those are... I guess the focus, the foci of, of this movie. And, okay. <laughs> and uh, you can kind of, right? So the fellow that likes off this girl, his story, you can kind of follow, right? He likes off the girl. The gangster man is too possessive and mm. powerful. And there's various things that happen in that relationship. It kind of sounds like a story that is a story. But then there's the other fellow where he um, claims he just lost his job. He has some kind of girlfriend that he goes to watch movies with. Which, by the way, another thing. Early on in this movie, he goes to watch a movie with this girl. And the place that he goes to watch it is this very weird seedy looking place where you get a private room which has a television that you can sit down and watch and maybe i've just seen too many movies made by lars von trio 
or by yeah. like horrible people. Mm-hmm. But immediately my thought was, oh, I guess he's watching porn with his girlfriend. And this is really a place to, you know, have sex while watching porn. Then when you see he goes in, he, they're actually watching some very wholesome Saturday morning cartoons. And they're being a very wholesome childlike couple which really threw me off but that's the thing right look at his story this fellow as far as i have seen and and you folks can tell me if i have missed something because of um drowsiness or um, falling asleep or just not watching everything um he as i said he has this little girlfriend that he takes to the movies and the way they behave around each other, the way they talk to each other um, seems to be like there hasn't been very much naughtiness occurring between them. He clearly also went to this place that is um, that offers happy endings and the way he reacted to what was going on as she started to touch him and she was like touching his his leg um, or stuff like that he seemed so nervous and um, he stopped her and was like you know what I'm done I'm going that it felt like it was at the very least his first time and that he had definitely never done something like that before and probably wouldn't do it again then he goes and gets a blood test and has hepatitis, which <laughs> I know there are a number of ways to get hepatitis, right? But mm-hmm. based on how it is presented in this movie, and the doctor very, like, um, the doctor makes sure to, to speak about women and um, staying safe around the girls because this is very contagious. The imp- there's a strong implication and it feels like this movie is telling me that he has had sex with 2,000 women and, and, and is, has gotten it because he's, he's been loose. How do those two things like, come together? Is it that I'm just, I, I just do I, I, I missed the part where he was whoring around? <laughs> like, what did, what, what happened? Can somebody explain this to me, please? <laughs> No, no explanation. Uh, right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean. He got, he got the, he got the hepatitis. I mean, what else yeah. you want to hear? <laughs> I, I hear that if you eat a lot of sweet things, you get hepatitis. It's true. It's true. Or is that, or is, or is that hypertension? Both of them yeah. start with H, yeah. so I don't know. One or the other. If you, if you go in a hot tub for too long, I know. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, as much. this movie. For me, just wasn't it, it wasn't for me. Um, it it goes a lot. It, it it is in keeping with a lot of the other movies here, where I suppose the whole point of the movie is what's not in the movie. The whole point of the movie is contextualizing the place and the time that we are um, talking about, rather than necessarily the the specific story of the people that we are are following. Um, a lot of the things in this movie are strange. I can still talk about things like um, uh, emotiveness and how um, weird it is. Um, things like when the girl, first of all, 
the transition of this love story is the strangest transition in the world. Like how you get from the beginning to the end of the story don't make any sense whatsoever. But okay, let's let's take it as a given, right? Um, there is a scene where the girl clearly has feelings for um, the the actress or the dancer rather has feelings for um, one of our our two main characters. I'll call him the the bike man because he rides a motorcycle. Um, Bike man. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> the man is um, looking for her at one of her performances, and um, she's hidden by the, the nefarious gangster in a bus somewhere, and she's clearly trying to, to walk out to see him. And the, the nefarious man is saying, No, he is stopping her from doing it. No. Normally, what I would expect, if you want to go down this road, is that she gets up and tries to go, he stops her, a fight ensues, like they look like they're actually trying to hurt each other, or maybe she's actually trying to get away and is using force to do so because she really wants to get away. That's not what happens here. What happens here is she gets up, he lightly pushes her back down on the couch in the, mm -hmm. in the, um, the bus. She then gets up, and he lightly, mm -hmm. lightly pushes her back down. Yes. He and this just keeps happening. Like, I think we spend between 30 seconds to a full minute of just watching them rinse and repeat this whole process where it doesn't even look like, I think it's supposed to, um, they're supposed to make me feel like it's sinister because a couple of the times, um, and I'm telling you, it looks very light, but a couple of the times, he pushes her down by her throat as opposed to like by her, her core body. Um, so maybe that's supposed to imply that there is a, a big fight happening. Maybe there, it, there is something about, I, I don't know, but it just does not feel real to me. And that is the strangest thing. There was another scene, probably one of the later scenes that I, that I saw in this movie where um, the, the horde out sex man, um, is talking with actually some other girl. Is, is it his original girlfriend or a new girlfriend? I'm not sure. I, I didn't really recognize her. Maybe it's the original girlfriend. And I'm not sure what he's doing because I don't know. I just wasn't sure. This movie is weird. I think he may have been like waiting for a train to go somewhere and they were having a conversation and it seems like the girlfriend decided I don't like you anymore and walked out. And there is a scene where for about 30 seconds, it pans out. He is sitting still at his chair. She is standing still beside her bicycle. And they are both doing absolutely nothing. And I think that that is supposed to represent that they're supposed to be showing emotion Right, like how maybe it has something to do with the fact that they're both sad. Maybe they 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 both uh, want to to say something to to not have this happen. Maybe there is anger. Maybe there's some sort of emotion. But what I am seeing are two wooden people standing mm -hmm. and sitting still for thirty seconds for no reason, and then the movie moves on. And this is. I think the problem that I have with watching these movies is that there is a great disconnect between whatever um, 
the filmmaker was trying to do, whatever context was within that, and whatever the audience that he's making this movie for is um, watching for, and the sensibilities that I um, have and, and contextualize my viewing with. And boy, this movie was hard to watch. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, as Andrew says, a frenetic, all-over-the-place kind of um, trudge. And that is what I will say about this film. So, um, what do I say about unknown pleasures? Um, as I tried to remember for a second, what's the title of this movie? <laughs> and then I like had to turn my head over to see, like, all oh, right, I wrote it down over there, mm-hmm. so I, I know what it is. It um, is also the title of our podcast. Just letting you know. What? When did our podcast become unknown pleasures? In the- <laughs> no, in Zencastle, you <laughs> silly man. <laughs> <laughs> unknown pleasures. To be fair, unknown pleasures would be a good name for our podcast. What would be the podcast about? Would would it be like a sex positive podcast? No, still about movies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it would it also be like... a great name for a band. And it does still work with Tomp. It could be the unknown mm-hmm. movie pleasures. No, that's something different. <laughs> we have to talk about a very different kind of movie. <laughs> Is that when we finally get to talk about hentai? Uh, no. <laughs> I have written in my contract that we never <laughs> speak about it. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about this movie. It's what? like this movie. It feels like I, like going through the movies of this marathon. Um, the one I've liked the most is Jawu. Um, yeah, the first movie we've we've seen up from was it the first one? No, it was the second no, movie. There was, a, there, was, there was another one before that that I've already blanked out of my mind so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Xiaowu the the <laughs> became the first one in my head. Um, and I feel like this movie defaults to second place because I feel like there are things I like about it, right? But I don't think I like this movie as a whole, right? Like, I, I watch this movie and I feel so much, like, as I mentioned at the beginning, I feel so much that, that, that um, influence of, like, French movies where there are these... It's it's this it's this way of showing like the way that youth rebel in in his setting, but he still has to do his stuff, which is where he he makes it not just about um, the people of the story, but the place in which they are and how the place changes and how that affects their lives. Um, so even even the relationship between um, you are calling him bike boy, I call him shy one. Right, <laughs> watching the movie, I'm like, there's a yeah. shy one and there's a not shy one, yeah. um, and it's obvious by the end of the movie because one of them has hepatitis and it can't be the shy one, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, the the dancing the dancer girl, um, where <laughs> dancer girl, like this is this is this is where, and I'll talk more about this. Queen. I'll talk more about it later. Like me just playing Tina Turner songs in my head because. Watch a doc this week. I um, me too. Is it yeah, good? Yeah, I, I also watch it. Is it good? I, I thought it's... I was watching it. Douglas, wait, no, Damien. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Douglas is a documentary. Yeah. I know. Do but you I want like to watch Tina it? Turner. <laughs> yeah, that's how you're supposed to watch documentaries. You're supposed to be interested in the subject matter and then yeah. go from there. 
Yeah, it's like, um, for example, um, and probably it was fueled by Damien mentioning it. I, um, especially while I was sick, I was watching the Woody Allen documentary. I haven't finished it yet because it's difficult, but um, <laughs> I definitely watched that because I am interested in that topic for where many conflictingly weird reasons. None of the jokes I want to make. There are no jokes you make. can make about, about that that documentary and and sound like you're a decent human being. right that is the problem <laughs> <laughs> there are jokes i can make yeah. but I, I won't come off good so so pulling it back to unknown pleasures <laughs> right right, um, right 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 um let's dig our let's 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 not pull out the shovel and dig up anything right um, so much jokes there when it comes to that relationship, there's so much of it that I actually enjoyed seeing how it developed. You talk about that scene of like the 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 man pushing pushing the dancer, and like I'd talk even further to a separate scene with involving that same character who um, he engages with shy boy um, mm-hmm. by literally taking him in a corner and slapping him for like yeah, five hours for about 18 um, minutes yes, yeah, man. Right? <laughs> um, and it gets it's so much that like he's literally they say the same two lines and it mm-hmm. gets to the point where they just stop subtitling it which is always something i love in foreign movies when they've been like they know what this word means now <laughs> you get it <laughs> and you can just like not have subtitles for that scene um but what I, what i think i I just genuinely like how those relationships develop in this movie. But at the same time, there are a lot of scenes in this movie where it, it's either unnecessary or I just, or it just went like one step too far. So for example, there's the hospital scene or even the, the, the extension of that, which is um, shy going to the bank and seeing his father where like, I didn't truly get, the point of that scene outside of remembering that like there's someone with a dollar bill that's changing the money mm-hmm. and i don't get why the son would be upset at the father i assumed at that, point. that the father stole so i'm not sure who got it but remember there was a scene before where um bike man and a number of people were in a room and there was an old man who um was drinking that same drink that they were um yeah. they were advertising and he got a dollar bill a u.s dollar bill Mm-hmm. So I assume that that old man is not his father and his father stole the dollar bill from the old man. And the son that's, is like, that's really? Possible. Is that what you're doing? That's, that's how I took that scene. That's possible. Um, I think in my head, I was like, maybe he won his own dollar bill and mm-hmm. got, his, got his bottle of liquor that gave him a dollar bill. I don't know. Um, but there are scenes like that where either it didn't click with me, whether it's that my brain just forgot like the narrative logic of going from scene to scene, or I just didn't understand empathetically like what's going on in the scene to to make it to make it mean something to me um so that it makes sense in the story um but on a whole i think like this movie tries to do a lot of things that i actually like um i just be bad (laughs) (laughs) i I just also know that this is a movie i will never watch again right um it's just like if I want to go down this road, I think I'll try and watch more Godard movies. But he's he's shot himself in the foot on that regard with 
the last one he made where I'm just like, oh, do I even want to pretend to know what his movies are like anymore? Yeah, I remember. I think you made us watch that for podcast. That was fun. You guys haven't left a lot uh, for me to say about this movie. Um, Andrew is pretending that this movie isn't terrible, which is a thing Andrew does from time to time. Um, usually I can't understand why. Um, there's usually clear incentive for him to think a movie is good when it is bad. Uh, but with this one, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, because this movie is two hours and it is very painful. But all his movies are feel like this. All his movies are long and, and painful. But I guess with this one, he narrows it down to just these two guys and their love interest. There's a thing that happens at the end um, that I won't spoil, um, but isn't explained very well. Like they do a thing, and I don't know if Douglas got to this part, but they commit a crime at the I end. I probably have a... Um, no, I haven't. I haven't and it, it fails miserably because, I mean, having seen these two guys, you don't have to guess whether they're good at anything they're not um and the movie ends with the song from the beginning and the movie ends on the phrase unknown pleasures now um there might be a, a loss in translation type of thing here where that phrase or what are that song means more to them than it does to us, but the movie doesn't try to explain, you know, what that phrase, what that turn of phrase, why it is either powerful or funny. Um, I have a feeling that this movie should have been like he thinks he's making some kind of comedy with this because nothing else explains why the two protagonists don't show emotion it has it has to be that oh there these things are supposed to be happening at them and they're just too dumb to understand like is the only thing that gets me from the beginning of this movie to the end of the movie without asking a lot of questions just pretending that this movie isn't what it is on the screen this movie is bad uh the performances aren't good um, there aren't a lot of long shots of just wide open camera shots of China, which is better than a couple of the other movies. Um, but I don't, this one is not, it's obviously not for me. We've established that from before, but I'm really struggling to see outside of people who have the requisite cultural um, background as to why this movie um, would mean something else. I don't see who I don't see who sits down um, as an outsider watches this movie and takes anything away from this movie. Uh, I don't know what the takeaway from this movie shout out even to, should be. Shout out to Zhang Zhiqi for um, bootlegging his own movies by the end of this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
I had a good chocolate that scene. This this movie and a lot of his movies feel you remember a sign reading in school where they, they gave you books and you're just like, who on earth would sit down and read this? Right? It feels like that. Like, it feels... These movies feel like a sign reading. <laughs> there's nothing about it that even attempt to... Like, there's no fun... In these movies, is that wildfire? Uh, there's no fun. It's just uh, it's drab, and uh, listen, if if he's making movies to comment on what it's like to live in China, like if these movies are this way because this is the sentiment he feels living in that society, then that changes some of my feelings, but not enough to enjoy any of these movies. <laughs> I hear you. And yeah, um, I don't think we have much more to say on this one. We have one more film in the marathon. Oh, joy. Um, Yay for me. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, which one Let's of these along. movies were supposed to be the good one again? None of them. Okay. None of them were the one, none of them were the one that I saw. Right. Okay. I remember. I remember trying to stick that movie in, and Douglas refusing. He's like, "No, we're not allowed to add that yeah. one." Yeah. Um, and so Damien, I, I, I have Douglas I had tried. a point to prove. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to show you that this move that this guy only makes trash. <laughs> And once again, I, I continue to uh, prefix everything with, I think I like that movie then. I, <laughs> right, now, right now, I have no idea anymore. I know you're, you're questioning yourself. You're just like, yo. <laughs> yo. Is there... Oh, I was just going to... Is there any director that has made one like truly good movie... Tarsem. But literally nothing else. Tarsem. There's you no you can't. Know it's Tarsem Singh. Come on. No. There's 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 oh, the what else the chosen. He... What's the the favorite the favorite guy? The fa oh Yorgos yeah Yorgos Yorgos oh yeah, yeah. yeah. but, but why why are you not giving me Tarsem Singh? What else has he made? Uh, we're not having this conversation again. You started it, son. <laughs> no, listen, uh, me and you have spoken. You may disagree on the other movie. But no, remind me, because I clearly don't remember this conversation. What's that up? So he made that Disney movie, the um you, the Alice in Wonderland, the Snow yeah, White or whatever. The it was. Snow, White Snow White one, White? yeah. Oh, come I like on. that one. I like it. So okay, let's move right along into what we've been watching. I want to start off. Mm -hmm. Right. I've got things to talk about. Okay. And I'm really doing this first, really, just to fuck up Douglas. Yeah, um, you are, because I, I know there's one movie I really want to talk about that you're going to talk about, so we can talk right. about it together. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go down in the list in the order of movies of interest, right? So I'm starting with the least interesting to the most interesting movies. Um, so I'll start with the film written by Nick Hornby um, from 
I'm now looking up the year to make sure I have the year right. I think it's 2018 this movie came out. Um, Juliet Naked. Oh, yes. Um, I saw that you watched that and wanted to ask if it was good because I've always wanted to watch it. Because It's Hodgson acceptable, right? Naked. It's not great. It's acceptable, mm. right? Rose Byrne. I love... I fucking love Rose Byrne. She's yeah, so good, right? Um, and she does wonders in this movie. Um, it's lovely to see Ethan Hawke in things. I don't know what happened in the world, but I've just decided that Ethan Hawke is one of the best people in movies ever. Yeah, agreed. Um, the world ended. That's yeah. what happened to the world. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he, he married, he swore an oath to to marry... Um, <laughs> what's her face? Celine? And... Um, and because he hasn't divorced her or cheated on her, we can still hold him in the, that level of esteem, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. In the, in the no clue. What? Before sunset, sunrise. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. See, weirdly enough, in my head, when you said Celine, I thought Dion. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Even I, uh, someone who actually likes Celine Dion, didn't think Celine Dion. <laughs> um, so yeah, this movie is okay. Um, all of the actors do their best, right? Um, wow. Nothing, nothing. Makes wow. it, like, like, like. Let me make it clear. Like, you put this movie on paper, and it makes perfect sense, and it works. Um, Chris O'Dowd is in this movie. He plays a fanatic um, of a artist who went who went dead and went quiet and never showed up in the world again. And that artist is played by Ethan Hawke. And he's in a, Chris O'Dowd is in a relationship with Rose Byrne. That fizzles out um, in a not nice way. And immediately then after, she begins dating Ethan Hawke, who is basically the love of Chris O'Dowd's life. So imagine, imagine if like Prince started dating Douglas's ex-girlfriend. Oh, right, uh, Douglas would just Douglas would just show up and be like, "I need to talk to you." <laughs> Either um, you stop movie, this, or I'm going to kill both of you. <laughs> um, and and at the same time, Chris O'Dowd basically he he embodies everything about a toxic fandom, right? Like he's invented all of these things about this man and his art, right? And at the same time, the artist is someone who has a lot, has had a lot of time to grow from whatever he made thirty years ago, and so when he continues to hear this nonsense, like you can you can see the look on his face of just being upset to hear that voice again, that voice of someone who is so who is so in pseudo into that art, mm-hmm. but that he doesn't get it, yeah. Right, yeah. that he's no longer interested in. Right, um, and like it's 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 a fascinating, interesting thing. But at the same time, this movie is wrapped up as a romantic comedy, and the romantic comedy part is okay. Right, Andrew, I have to tell you, you're not doing a good job at dissuading me from one. <laughs> this might be your movie, Douglas. <laughs> like, it, like it has enough, it has enough dumb shit in it that you might forget the really bad things in it and enjoy it all the same it might be exactly your kind of movie and it has the actors you like so as i make a funny face so that the i like rose burn um rose burn is fantastic um but yeah juliet naked um next on the list is tina the documentary um, i like that movie tina turner 
Um, guess what, guys? Tina Turner's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so in a shocking make, turn of events, you make a documentary where you get to spend two hours listening to her music and hearing her story. You're like, yeah, that sounds fine. Um, and here, no people, especially the man that was supposed to take care of her, treated her like hot garbage, and she still. Um, I think the part that I find the most interesting about this movie is not necessarily anything specific about the story of Tina Turner, because I feel like it's something we've heard many times. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they've made a, a film, I don't remember yes. what year it came out, but I know I remember seeing it on TV uh, a lot when I was younger. Sure mm-hmm. that one. Right? Yeah. Um, there have been books, there have been articles, everyone's talked about it. And this documentary directly mentions all of those things. What I find fascinating is the look on Tina Turner's face as she continues to say out loud, I really don't want to talk about this anymore. Yep. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and, and they keep showing you clip after clip, whether it is when she did the first interview talking about her relationship with Ike, um, where she told it all. Yep. Um, and she's like, I'm doing this so that I don't have to do it again. And then she did a book where you hear her go, I'm doing this so I don't have to do this again. And they made the movie. And then someone, you see in the documentary, there's a scene where someone is like, they're doing press for the movie and someone asks her what she thought about the film. And she's like, I've not seen it because I don't want to think about this again in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I live this story. I don't need to watch a dramatization just to fact check it, to tell you that mm-hmm. that one was right. He wore the right sweater kind yep. of shit. Um, and that is the thing that just sort of dug into my brain, right? The idea of these people, um, whether we want to talk about the famous people or the normal non-famous people who go through these sorts of stories, who just constantly have to repeat these stories over and over that basically dig into their lives and basically have them relive these emotions. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know, you get to sit down and listen to a lot of Tina Turner music. Um, I didn't know what's love got to do with it was a cover. So, you know, learn new things. Um, <laughs> well, um, I mean, there's only one way for it to be secondhand, right? The secondhand. <laughs> like, you, you have to, if somebody had it first, then she, yeah. Yep. Um, next well, one down the list. I, I'm giving that six and a half out of ten. <laughs> I see where you're going, but you didn't stick the landing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had to explain it, and that's yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but I, I, I like the premise. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fix the, I'll, I'll fix the wonky bits and do it better yeah. next time. Yeah, man, you need to workshop that a bit. But I see where you're headed. <laughs> Lunatics. <laughs> um, <laughs> Next movie on my list I want to talk about is a movie from the 80s with Douglas's, one of Douglas's least favorite actors. Um, the movie's Body Heat. Um, I know this movie. I haven't seen this movie enough. <laughs> Why? Why? I've never seen it. Like, I, remember, <laughs> remember last time I came on the podcast oh and I told you that like, I just wa- sat down and I went, I want to watch Trash. <laughs> I had Body that exact heat. same feeling and Jesus I saw Body Heat and I'm like, this looks like the right kind of oh, trash no. for me to watch right now. <laughs> Douglas is Douglas is feverishly <laughs> trying to figure out which actor he hates. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I see a, a mustachioed, hateful person. I know who we're talking about here. 
This have movie. I, I don't think I've watched this movie though. Oh my god, <laughs> this Douglas. This movie is trash in the best color. Douglas, you have to watch Body Heat. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is the oh definition of like a trash novel you buy in the airport. Oh my god. And like you read through by the time you land and you're like, none of that made sense. Yep. Like, oh my god, did I turn those pages? Um <laughs> This movie, like, I didn't know what I was in for. First of all, the side characters. Goddamn Ted Danson is in this dancing around having a ball, and I love him for it. Ted Danson um, great. <laughs> yes. Still. Let's just make sure that nobody gets any dirt on Ted Danson. Okay, guys? <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Listen, focus up. We have to ensure... <laughs> There's, there's also a couple scenes of Mickey Rourke in this movie who I almost didn't recognize. Like I saw him in the title credits, and I'm like, "Ooh, he's probably what people called." Age. He looks like right. an actual person. A human yep. <laughs> but I didn't recognize him at all. Like you know, like I realized my picture of Mickey Rourke is current Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know what young Mickey Rourke looks like. Um, so yeah, um, this movie is a fun ass time. It is like. It is, it is the definition of the sex thriller of the yeah. 80s. Um, basically, William Hurt falls for Kathleen Turner, who, ha- who is a married woman, um, and they have a torrid affair. And then there is a murder plot. And, oh, there's the heat of Miami in all of this movie. Um, there is a point in this movie where William Hurt is walking away from Kathleen, being like, no, we can't have this relationship. And then he he steams up with heat so much that he like runs to the house and breaks a window to like go in and go, then have sex with her. And this movie is that movie. It uh, is it is trash. Douglas, you, every parody you've seen of it is trash movie, this is the movie that they saw. <laughs> you've you've actually seen this movie, just not the version of this movie. It's like, it's like when when anybody watches The Godfather for the first time, even yeah. though they haven't seen it, they've There's, definitely seen it. <laughs> right. That is, it, it is, that is the most the accurate definition. Of some movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I get you. I get right. you. You're just like, boy, this is trash. I, uh, this, I saw this movie uh, very young, and uh, I remember when... Like I, I remember like the first time I saw it, I thought I was getting away with watching something that wasn't for, like this movie was like big people movie. <laughs> but it's actually garbage. Um I remember Is this the first time you realize big people watch garbage? Yeah, I haven't seen Body Heat in <laughs> an eternity. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, buddy, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> terrible movie that I love okay. a lot. Next movie on my list, um, a movie from the year 1974, directed by Robert Altman. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is called California Split, with um, recently deceased George Siegel and Elliot Gould. Um, I think this is a. Fir- I feel like this is the first movie I knowingly watched with George Siegel in it. I only know him as the guy from from um, the Goldbergs, grandfather from the Goldbergs. Oh, okay. That guy. Yeah. Actually, weirdly enough, I think it was literally the day before he died 
Um, I watched him in Pushing Daisies. He's in an episode of Pushing Daisies. And I remember thinking to myself, I know that guy. And it was George Siegel. And I remember thinking, he's so good. He's so funny. Let me check and see what, what else he's what, what what else is happening with him nowadays? And then the news came out the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm in for a story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this movie is a gambler's movie. It's one of those movies about two friends played by Elliot Gould. They actually meet in the movie um, at a poker game. Um, and George Siegel, and they end up going on a gambling tale. And it's a Robert Altman movie. So like the narrative isn't really a straight line. Right, it's really just about two two friends just having dumb jokes and just kind of moving along from step to step. Um, like throughout the movie, the the long running joke is basically them having a gambling night, making a lot of money, and then getting robbed of their money like immediately after, and then repeating the cycle like the rest of the nights as the movie goes on. Um, that then culminates in this one massive um, night at a casino with. Basically, the two of them, Robert, uh, having pooled money and sent George Siegel to do all the gambling, and you can see like the the tension of like of like Elliot Gould being like, "Can I play? Can I give me some money to play?" And he's like, "No, I'm hot." Um, and the movie is like, the movie is fantastic. It is. It's one of those movies that like the story doesn't matter. It's just watching these two guys have fun, and Elliot Gould, as we've seen in movies like like Mash is somebody who knows how to just be a character. And I, I really like this movie. Like, So, Andrew, question for you, right? Remind me what's the name of this movie? California Split. All right. So, the question is this. California Split, split or Let It Ride? California. California, all the way. I'm going to go Art House. I'm an Art House boy. Hey. You um, <laughs> you, you said some words there, son. <laughs> you sure? Is that your final answer? Sometimes? And for those and for those listening to the podcast, Douglas's movies, let it ride. <laughs> yes, I literally said let it ride. I said it. I or, didn't. Or, like, I I, I already forgot you said it. <laughs> I love how Andrew just assumed. He's like, yeah, Douglas didn't say it. <laughs> I was what I was doing that the the podcast listeners would not have seen is that I held up a picture of one of the posters for that movie to the camera. So my there's no there's no Elliot Gould in Let It Ride. I mean Richard Dreyfuss is a is a <laughs> good is, is a good a good that substitute. I love that movie. <laughs> I've I've not watched that movie since forever. Is it? I have watched it maybe in the last five years, 10 years maybe, it is balls-to-the-wall comedic gold. Um, that or My Blue Haven, which one's better? I haven't watched My Blue Heaven in a little while, but I do remember enjoying My Blue Heaven. I feel, though, like I probably enjoy Let It Ride a little more. Mm. By the but way, yeah. did you know... and? I, I, I did this because I watched um, I watched Goodfellas recently. Did you know that My Blue Heaven is Goodfellas? That makes sense. The same source material. And also, the writer who wrote Goodfellas is married to the writer that wrote My Blue Heaven. 
So basically, it's two sides of the story. Where like the the good fella story, the good fella story is from the guy who's like bitter that his life got screwed up, <laughs> and then the, my blue haven is like the ridiculous joke that the wife played on the guy <laughs> <laughs> who's but like, "I'm going to make your life a joke." Story. It's crazy. <laughs> I did. I couldn't believe it when I read it. I had to like search, like do do research mm-hmm. and find. Um, credible sources for that. Like, you went to snoops.com. You're like, hey, Snoops, what's happening here? I was like, no, I can't trust Wikipedia on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, California Split is fantastic. Um, it's the kind of movie that tells me I need to watch more Altman movies, but then I'm always afraid that I'll run into three women again and then not like Altman movies again for a while. Um, but yeah, whatever. Um, the last movie on my list, which is the one Douglas was referring to, which is quite possibly my favorite movie I've seen as of late, um, is the movie The Father, starring Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, and Cole. <laughs> and Cole. <laughs> and Cole? A lot of people are in this movie, actually. Um, so, so, um... Olivia Coleman is in this movie. Olivia Coleman. I was, tr- I was uh, like, whoosh, I was, <laughs> like the only thing that came into my head was I was like the lady who makes inappropriate jokes from Hot Fuzz. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I was more thinking of um, the the favorite, but yes, she definitely is that as well. I always um, like to remember the Hot Fuzz gag because it's always it, like everyone thinks of her as the queen. Um, Everybody thinks stage. her also generally is a serious actor, actor right? right? So, she does so a like, lot of serious roles. So when you see there in that, it's perfect. I love it. And then she's just like, girl stuff, right? <laughs> Rufus Sewell um, is in this movie as well. It's yep. fantastic. Andrew, your take on this film. <laughs> this movie is amazing, right? <laughs> it, is, it is incredible. So the, the story is a story of a man played by Anthony Hopkins, an elder gentleman who lives in his flat, um, as he lets you know many times. Um, <laughs> he's not leaving his flat. Um, and basically, like, he's on the stages of... Uh, he's he's progressing mentally badly. Badly. Um, he's regressing mentally. He's having Alzheimer's. He's starting to not remember things. And his daughter, played by Olivia Coleman, is trying to take care of him. Um, and the movie is told entirely from his perspective as... The movie continues throughout scenes. The actress will change that plays his daughter, um, and the the man and the decision as to whether his daughter is married or not changes throughout scenes. His his apartment changes, and it is so amazing to watch. Anthony Hopkins is fantastic in this movie. Olivia Coleman is fantastic, as well as even Olivia Williams, who. Um, yeah. I will, I will always Dollhouse? remember her Go as away. Dollhouse. Go away. Right? I knew you were going to say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this movie. And like, it's, it's one of those films where like, you watch it and it is depressing when you come to the real- reality as to what this story is talking about. But at the same time, due to the actors who lead this, these characters you always get lifted up randomly throughout the movie. Like there are scenes when Anthony Hopkins, his character kind of shifts back into being more functional um, and starts being more playful with even his known issues. And you, 
you almost start laughing with him and you're like, oh, this is a cute little moment. And then later in the movie, you realize like the depressing parts of even that scene um, because he mistakes the young lady for someone else. Um, and it's, it is, it is, th- this is like the definition of both our favorite movie and somehow Oscar bait at the same time. Oh, definitely. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, we're like, the Oscars got tricked into picking a good movie. Right? <laughs> and this movie is just fantastic. It's definitely like one of the best movies of the year. Like, people are going to call it a 2020 movie. I'm calling this the number one movie of 2021 at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know if it's number one for me, but it's definitely so far top two. Like, there are only two contenders for top one right now, and this is one of them. Um, this movie is amazing. It, like, how they do it where, as you say, they switch the actors and um, you essentially get confused with him. He shows the confusion because it's, it's, it's essentially trying to put on film what happens when you get, whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's, and you just don't, you, you, you start to get confused. You don't recognize people. Um, somebody comes in and you're like, who, who are you? Why are you in my flat? Because this is ridiculous and it's actually his daughter, but you don't recognize her either because the film has actually put a different person in there, which is amazing. And as Andrew says, sometimes she's married, sometimes she's not. Sometimes she's supposed to go to France, sometimes she's not. Um, he, sometimes he's in his, his apartment, his flat, sometimes he's not. Um, and then what this movie does too that is just genius is that by the end of the movie you realize that the way that they've used the switcheroo method actually links with the story with 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 the progression of um of of what happens with the situation and and like where he ends up so it is so perfect and there is a a circularity to the the movie where first of all things are out of time right because this is essentially this this is really a story about and as andrew says it's from the father's perspective from anthony hopkins perspective but it's a story about the difficult decision um that a child has when their parents get old and can't take care of themselves and the decision is can i can they live at home alone should i um, should they live with me? Should I put them into a home? Like that's really what this movie is, and um, the so you essentially at the end of the movie or, or during the the middle of the movie you realize that you're kind of going through his head through all the different stages of that course of action, but his it isn't linear. You you can't. You don't go from step one to step two to step three. And, and, and sometimes you kind of go back on yourself. And it's, I, I really like this movie. I didn't expect to like it as much as, it did, as I did. I saw the trailer and it looked adequately Oscar Beatty and Anthony Hop, Hopkinsian for me to try it. But this one definitely blew me away. Very much like, um, what was it, Andrew Judas and his priest? <laughs> no, no, it's... No, no, it's it's um it's Black Judas and the Messiah. I'm sorry, the Black Clansman, you said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I really love this movie. 
St. Paul and the Black oh. Messiah. That's racist. That is actually racist. So yes, Damien, have you seen The Father? No, and I still haven't seen uh, Judas and the Black Priest. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the priest and the Black Panther. Um, <laughs> So, okay, um, Andrew, what other movies are you talking about, or was that it? Nope, that's it. That's that's the end of my list. All right, I'll just go quickly, because I don't have that many things to talk about. Um, As we said before, I've watched Father, I love it. Um, I have also watched a couple of other things. So, um, I did a retrospective, in a sense. It was really only a couple of movies, um, stuff that I've seen before, but we probably haven't spoken too much about. I think we've talked about intolerable cruelty here, but Hudsucker Proxy. I watched, I went back to like the Coen Brothers. It's fantastic. I love it. Hudsucker Proxy is fantastic. It's, it's great. It, honestly, I will tell you this. Hudsucker Proxy is why I love Coen Brothers. It oh, is okay. how I know who the Coen Brothers are. Um, not that I hadn't seen their movies before, right? I'd seen Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. I would have seen um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But those were just in my young mind, because remember, I would have been a teenager then, movies. And you're just like, oh, it's good or it's not or whatever. And you maybe don't appreciate how great they are. But I remember, I can tell you exactly when and where I was when I first watched A Hudsucker Proxy. I can tell you that when I finished watching that movie, that was when I, I said, I need to know who these people are. I need to know what else they've done. And I need to watch all of it no immediately immediately right so the just the crazy way that they put comedies together and this is probably why i love intolerable intolerable cruelty the way i do despite the many people because i don't think many people like that movie i think the the general consensus is that it's bad but i love intolerable cruelty which is the other movie i watched from them because it is just like that. It's, it has the same sensibilities and I appreciate that kind of comedy where, where a lot of the, the funny has nothing to do with traditional jokes. It has to do with this is just too ridiculous to believe. And I'm going to keep making it more ridiculous and visually prompting you um, until you realize that this cannot in any way be serious. And mm-hmm. There is something to, to movies like that, which, which is why I love things like Coin Brothers comedies, things like Terry Gilliam movies, even some of the lesser ones. And, G-G. you know, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I really went down a bit of a, a Coen Brothers appreciation shtick lately. Um, so that was fun. Uh, speaking of comedies, I watched some stand-up. Damien, there's this fellow by the name of Nate Bargatze. Yeah. Who has a new Netflix special yes. called Greatest Can Average I just American. say quickly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to talk about that stand-up being good or bad. Um, I've seen it. Um, but it's really awkward to me to watch shows like that yeah. where they were ob- obviously filmed during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels weird just to see a crowd of masked people, but yet a man just open-faced being like, let me spread my viruses everywhere. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Well, I, I would hope that that was done before we kind of realized how ridiculously contagious this thing can be in the air, right? Because remember, there was a time when we, we, we did think that if you were six feet apart, the, the virus... I'm pretty sure Chappelle is still doing shows in Ohio. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, but he's Dave Chappelle. He is definitely not sick. Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. He'll tell yeah. you he does tests all the time. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but so there were two aspects of it. So one, I actually was going to talk about that as well, Andrew. I... I thought not only was it weird, but there was a bit of like you start watching it and immediately you feel like you should stop watching it out of principle because like how dare they do something like this, right? But also how dare Americans be dumb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also Damien, maybe yes. I did anyone did anyone see pictures of the I don't know what the name of the team, the baseball team in Texas is? The yes. pictures of the of the stadium of full of yep. fully packed baseball stadium that. in Texas because yep. they said we're going we're going all open. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's ridiculous. It was okay. very smart of them to do that. Well, but to be fair, um no, I will not say that. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my god why the filter working overtime and now the filter is just like nope David saves David just David the hair just showed up and went nope alright Douglas go ahead Douglas is just like no Douglas is brain just just put just put his mouth in a chokehold. This is like, no, you're coming with me. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so Nate Bargatze, I, I know he has other Netflix specials. He has other comedy specials. Yes. And for some reason, my memory says I've watched at least one of them. And my mm -hmm. memory also says that it was good. But this special does not reflect that. Yes. This special is, I mean, it is capital I, I would want B bad. Average at best, but it's not even that. It it's bad. is bad. It's it, a bad, but it's a bad am one. I remember correctly. Is he actually? Does he have some sort of so, talent? He has one from a couple of years ago where it was good. That is why they kept giving him specials. Is that, is that he, did one one half, yeah, he did one and a half. Yeah, he did one and a half hour sets oh. and. He was fantastic. Um, it was a it was a full <laughs> special. It was one of those compilation ones with him and a lot of other people. But he uh -huh. was good, and pe uh -huh. he told a couple of stories, and people enjoyed his deadpan um, demeanor and the fact that he's mocking everybody in his family, and like he just sit, looks at situations and makes fun of them. This isn't it. This this yeah. one, this one ain't it. It's not. Yeah. So I've not seen any other specials. This was the first time I saw anything from him. Mm -hmm. There's a bit in this special where he goes on where he's talking about how he did like a corporate gig and no one laughed at him. Yeah. And he was like, I was doing like the hits and I'm sitting there going like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. The yep. hits, you say. All right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also, just to quickly say, I watched Loiso Gole. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't know. Um, on Learning, he is uh, a South African-based comedian. 
It's a Netflix special. I watched the trailer. He does a lot of stuff on BBC. Yeah, so he's okay. It was all right, but just to show you, I wasn't that into it because I finished Nate Vargatsi, which I don't like. I did not finish this one. Mm -hmm. um, it's weird. I watched the trailer, and I was like, I definitely want to watch this because um, he was dressed um, kind of, I don't want to say outlandish, but colorful, very colorful, yes. right? And um, he made a couple jokes where I was like, oh, this is going to be a 90s, a special from the 90s that, you know, just is what it is. And I'm going to watch it and, and laugh at it because I'm a child and also to, because it dates itself. Mm -hmm. um, because he would make like, you know, jokes about difference between black people and white people, that kind of shit that was just right. rampant back, back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, then while I was watching it, I realized, no. He, he taped this just the other day. Like, yep. actually, he's talking about the, the pandemic. So it's, it's mm -hmm. at the very, I think it was 2020 that it was, it was taped. And I think that was probably why I didn't finish. Because he ended up being, all right, definitely better than Bargazzi. But it was you just, just yeah. yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I, give, I suppose given that it's, it's South African based, you can then understand the 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 top of mind of race relations because that's mm -hmm. not a long time ago um that he he would have grown up with that shit um but yeah it, i was just like ah, okay um it's better on a lot of the bbc panel shows yeah aren't they all right <laughs> um i mean uh john oliver wasn't better on the bbc panel shows okay <laughs> um, yeah, John Oliver needs a, a, a room yeah. of writers behind him, eh? Yes. Is that what you're saying? That's I, me. I mean, it is also accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so so one, one thing quickly, just to, to get us outside of the comedy loop for a second. I'll come back. I, I don't worry. Um, it is a comedy, but it's not like serious like this. Um, I keep saying that I love HBO Max and what they're doing and how they're approaching streaming. Damien, you and I have spoken about the app and how it's not particularly great, but Bad. the content on it, um, actually yes. really like. So they just came out with a TV show called Made for Love, mm -hmm. and actually don't mind the show. It is about um, <laughs> so there is this tech mogul who I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Gogol. And ah. his company's name is Google, I think. Ah. No, I don't think it's actually Google, but his name is Google. So, you know, they're definitely drawing a tangent, shall we say. Ah. By tangent, world. you mean a direct line connecting one <laughs> thing to another? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and he has this tech company that they're kind of vague about what it does, but it's, you know, all, all powerful, all-knowing kind of tech company. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that um, he wants to do with it is to create these chips that um, to create these chips that mm -hmm. can be implanted in couples' brains, okay. so that um, they essentially share their thoughts. They are they become one. So the, right. the whole concept is that he he will make love better. 
right? So essentially, Damien, he is he wants a world that you want where you would never cheat on your wife or your husband mm-hmm. or your partner because you are so in love and so in sync, you are literally the same person. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember when I said that, but sure. <laughs> 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 um and so so he but of course you have to remember his name is Gogol so he is nefarious mm-hmm. right of course so he is married he has he he has this compound where he has created a campus in a, I think it's the middle of the desert that is you know super techy and and has all of this VR stuff that mimics like whatever they want to mimic whether it's a beach whether it's an island whatever that they live on and that he like is his office to um that he works from that they've literally him and his wife have never been seen outside of for the last 10 years and he's finally able to do this tech thing and of course he drugs his wife and puts the chip in his wife's head without her permission not knowing that she does not like him and would like to leave right now. And so the show is really all about her escaping, but him mm-hmm. being able to see exactly where she is. Right. And um, I, I've only watched the first three episodes. The second three came out on Thursday, and I haven't seen them yet. Ooh. But I imagine that shenanigans ensue because she... Um, Ray, Ray Romano is in the show as her deadbeat um father and he's mm-hmm. funny i really have learned to love him as he and not, i have gotten older as not raymond yes as not raymond <laughs> um, actually i have a feeling i wonder if i go back and watch those no shows don't do this i'm here to tell you actually be good <laughs> i'm here to tell you having seen everybody loves raymond yeah you don't want this is this isn't the road you want to walk down son yeah, but he's great in it, and the the concept is fun. I'm hoping it's not a situation like the um the attendant, the flight one, attendant, the flight attendant one, um, where <laughs> like it hooked me and then it will bait and switch. But yeah. I did I I did enjoy this this show. I didn't mean to talk about it for so long. <laughs> um, what I did want to talk about for long, and I bet you I don't, is Paramount Plus probably has um a new subscriber for one reason and one reason alone and i have a feeling damien's talked about the show before but i kind of just batted it to the side of course i found out that anthony jeselnik Mm -hmm. has a show that is called good talk with anthony jeselnik damien have you ever watched i don't think i spoke to you about it um but yeah i've seen it um, I am not sure if it's still on the air. It I definitely it is. is not. <laughs> no, but it it's a recent show. It's like a 2020 yeah. show. Yeah, um, but it is. When I searched, it didn't say it was cancelled, so my fingers yeah. are crossed. Between then and now, um, the world ended. Also, he has yeah. a podcast that he talks about it on, and I'm pretty sure that show isn't coming back. Oh, wow, that sucks. Is the podcast good? Should I subscribe to that? Um, do you like Anthony Jeselnik? Of course I do. Then what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so it is him talking with his comedian friends. I've watched right. the first two episodes, which were um, Nick Kroll and Kristen. It was funny. I remember being so surprised because um, I read 
because they have the first of all the Paramount app. If you want to talk about bad apps, Damian, the Paramount Plus app is listen. I haven't gone. I haven't gone to Paramount or R Plus, so, so I don't know. So um, you know how normal streaming apps, even the bad ones. When you have a television show with more than one episode, mm-hmm. and you get to the end of one episode, there is some functionality, whether it mm-hmm. is um, that it automatically takes you to the next one, or like HBO, which is a little bit stupider, you have to click the down arrow and then click on the next one, but at least you have the option to immediately go into the next episode. Yeah. Oh, don't do that. Don't you need have to. to come out of the episode so that you, it can then show you the page for the next episode so that you can then play it. And so because of that, I actually read that he was going to talk to Kristen School. And I was like, who is Kristen School? It's very strange. I realized that clearly I don't know how to read and I mistake, mistook O's for A's or A's for O's. It's actually Kristen Schaal. And so when I saw her, I was like, oh, I know who this is. I know. <laughs> she's, the, she's, the best, she's the best fan of Flight of the Concords. There we go. Yes. Um, but Andrew, Damian, this show is hilarious. It is Anthony Jeselnik in his stand-up character, Anthony Jeselnik. So he is that asshole, that sarcastic, that mean-spirited person talking to his friends, or at least um, Nick Kroll apparently is his friend. I don't know about the rest of them, but talking to comedian people, and they kind of like know each other. They're like, you know what? I know what I'm here for. It's not a real... It's an interview, but... And, and he kind of looks like... You're interviewing a character. Exactly. And, and Jess Link is the interviewer, and he looks poised like he's, you know, doing this grandiose Larry King slash um, you know, like serious sort of interview. But he asked the dumbest questions. And so it's like, he, what if he got to take over Comedy Bang Bang? Pretty much. No, no. Comedy Bang Bang, I mean... It's more creative. Comedy yeah, Bang Bang is more creative. Yeah. yeah. This is just but, literally yeah. self-serve. And it is marvelous. I have watched the first two episodes and plan to watch nothing else for the rest of this weekend. He's so he, Right. He's just... He's himself. So if you... You either like Anthony Jeselnik's yeah. thing or you 100% want nothing to do with it. And so, you'll know. There should be no confusion as to whether or not this is a thing for you. Um, you sometimes wake up in the middle of the night thinking mm-hmm. thoughts you should not think. Then you like Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, if if you ever question whether or not you're a bad person, you'd like Anthony <laughs> just. Like, <laughs> it's like, am I a bad uh, yes. person for doing this? Then yeah, this is then this is for you. Yeah. But this show is it, amazing, um, yeah. and it really, I, I really want more of it. Um, but that's it. I have nothing else that I've I've seen recently except for sports, sports, and more sports. So unlike Douglas that lied and said that he was going to be quick, I will actually be quick. <laughs> Trash person. Um, it's been mostly documentaries. Um, for me, watch the Tina documentary, watch the Pele documentary again, watch that alongside the Maradona documentary to see just how the two docu- documentaries take um 
how they differ from one another. Um, they're two greats in football, but one is speaking specifically about the downfall of Maradona and what he was as a real person. And the Pele documentary is basically propaganda. Like, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> like, they are as... It is, it is Pele doc is like, he played football. Yeah. He scored many goals. Yeah, it is. It is the most sanitized version of a documentary. Be like, he could have been a nicer guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there. Like, ev- uh, anything that he did was that was even a little bit questionable. They just hand wave away. They're just like, um, stuff with his wife. Mm. <laughs> We're moving past that. Stuff where he was basically a puppet for. Uh, military regimes <laughs> and they just move on and so uh, one gives you actual insight and one is basically a fluff piece called Pele um, which was uh, disappointing but it is what it is um, and I I mean I think I saw the the Nate Bargatze thing a couple weeks ago, whenever it came out, Netflix told me, they're just like, yo, he has a new special. And I watched it and it was bad. Um, it, yeah. the, the good thing about HBO Max is that they have stand-up specials from the 90s. So I watched one of Louis Black's stand-up special, um, Red, Red, White, and Screwed. And the thing about that one is I only had the, the audio I'd never actually saw that performance, only ever listened to it. And it's black when he gets crazy. Oh boy. Yeah. It was. It's not peak Louis Black, but like we said with Anthony Jeselnik, if you wake up in the night thinking thoughts you should not think, then Louis Black is the person for you. you. Um. No, that's not necessarily true. Um, so there is that. But I think more specifically, if you wake up in the morning and ask yourself, what has gone wrong with this world and mm-hmm. believe that all of the youth are at fault, you will like Lewis Black. <laughs> I mean, at this point, who are we trying to introduce Lewis Black to? Who are these people <laughs> that don't know who Lewis Black is? Um... It would be like saying, all right, here's why Chris Rock is funny. Here's why Richard Pryor is funny. <laughs> like, you either know that name either means something to you or it's already too late. Um, <laughs> of course, because we watched Godzilla versus King Kong, I went back and watched the Gareth Edwards uh, Godzilla. I still like that one the most, even more than Skull Island, because it's the one that tried to be not a Godzilla movie. It's the one that thought it was a real movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> they had, like, genuine, like, someone sat down and really thought about what it would take to bring down a giant lizard. And just the fact that they did that is so dumb that I cannot, every time I watch that movie, I'm immediately surprised that this is the direction they took. Which is why I don't understand why people give his... Like, I know we like his Star Wars movie. But apparently the internet hates that movie. And I, 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 don't, I don't get it. 
I, I know that because I like it, it means most of them will hate it by the transitive property. That's how it is always gone. But <laughs> I still, uh, isn't that like the best new Star Wars movie? Not, I don't get it. Um, but the thing that I have been throwing away, um, many, many hours to, let me just get this thing open. Um, I, I'm, I don't want to mess up the name yet. This thing would load. Uh, Idris Elba is in it. Um, Concrete Cowboy. Is the I name of this? That, is that good? I want to watch it. Is it good? It. It. I kind of. I kind of feel like it's going to be bad. So I've been very is. hesitant. Absolute and complete trash. Okay. <laughs> it is so bad. <laughs> Holy. Listen, Idris Elba has done one thing right. <laughs> He did one thing right many, many years ago. Right? He was Luther. I know people love Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell was in that show for three seasons. And he wasn't the main focus. There's, he has some hits, but that's not the main focus. But it's just like every time I see him, I remember how good Luther was. And to know that he's taken... All of that goodwill and thrown it in Douglas's face <laughs> all these years. <laughs> I think that man is incapable of being in anything good. <laughs> no, it's true. He has outside of outside of the wire and Luther, he has been in so few good things or been good in so few things. Yeah. That it's it's amazing. I mean, you and I love him in Pacrim, but I mean, God mm -hmm. bless who I I mean, yeah, I but that's <laughs> that's not but, a good movie. <laughs> I, exactly. But outside of that, and I'm sure there are other things, but outside of that, it's hard for me to think of something else off the top of my head. Is there anything else? No. NBA 2K20. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> he was in Cats. That movie that movie that Douglas, Douglas put into my eyes. Jesus Christ. Ah, cats. All right, dumb, dumbness aside, um... Mm -hmm. Guilty pleasure. Oh, I really liked Turn Up Charlie. Really? Guilty pleasure. I, and... That's another thing that I decided was not going to be good, so I didn't watch. Damien, <laughs> do you have yes. an independent review on this? I do not, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. We just have to go with the lies Andrew is spouting. All right. So let's look through. He was Black Superman, right? So at least there's yeah. that in Fast and the Furious. In, in yeah, but that wasn't good. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. The, uh, listen, well, our good. enjoyment of it is completely different from our thing being good. <laughs> um, does he get Thor 3 if he was in the first two? No. Okay, cool. He's like he's like character number 10. He's like know, 12 right? on the call sheet. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> he's in Star Trek Beyond, so that's one thing that I like. But again, that's not particularly good. Oh yeah, he was in that. I haven't I watched mean, that movie in a trillion years. I need to watch that first. The first and second ones I need to watch. Again. I rewatched those, oh, re those recently. recently. Yeah. That third one, I think I'll pass. 
No, man. The third one is all of them are good. I mean, they are what they are, right? None yeah, I know what they are. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they're all enjoyable. I love all three of those movies. He's in the Jungle Book. He's Shere Khan. I think this is the all right. um, John Favreau one. Yeah. All right. Although, I mean, that's just a voice. So that don't come. I know, right? Um, that's about it, I think, because you guys are telling me Beast of No Nation is bad. It's trash. Um, Real bad. Andrew, wow. you're muted. There's Pac Rim. I didn't mean for you to hear me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Prometheus. I get the one oh, that a lot of Prometheus. people love. The, the one that a lot of people like, but I don't remember liking this movie. So I wonder if I should revisit it at this point. It's been long enough. Um, American Gangster. Oh, no, that's uh, a bad movie. You know that's a bad enough movie. That I, it's been long enough that I've forgotten. And I'm no. like, do I want to try it again? No. Do I want to. Do I want to. About that. Andrew, you like that movie? Did I? Yeah, you did. You went crazy I like over that oh, he was. It's not Rocket. What's the other one with he? Was he the one that was in, um, the one with Chris Evans as the sniper? Yeah, he was in that to the losers. Losers, oh, yeah, yeah. The losers, yeah. I, like I remember not liking that movie though. Look, look. All it I was, remember from that BT. movie at this point it's, it's is the. Yeah, all I remember from that movie at this point is that whole scene with Chris Evans singing the "Don't dangle. Stop Believing" yeah. and the. And the whole, I got mind bullets. Mm-hmm. I don't. I actually know, see man. that. Actually, I actually see that clip many times on YouTube. Wow. I'm going to send. I'm going to put a clip in in the in the chat. He's in 28 um, weeks later, i.e., 28 days later, part two. I remember. No, thank that. you. Yeah. No thanks. So no wow. for me. Yeah. It's really upsetting yeah. that he is not in better things because he can be amazing um and can he yes he can uh, didn't you watch luther <laughs> could that just have just been the writers is someone still had to do the acting son i mean you know mm-hmm. the cameras mm-hmm. can put cameras can do a lot of work too ah, i'm I saying see. i'm saying like if we do the averages here like mm-hmm. <laughs> Like now, we're wondering if like how much he put into that one is all I'm saying. <laughs> if if we do that, then Star Wars is bad. <laughs> um, no, that's because you have bad math. Um, <laughs> three hundred divided by eight is three. <laughs> if you use new maths. <laughs> Anyways, is there anything else you want to talk about, Damien? Uh, no, uh, just how terrible a mistake Concrete Cowboys, and no one should watch it because it's bad. I'm still probably going to watch it at some All point because right, cool. you can't you can't stop me. <laughs> no, you actually, you actually can't stop me. I literally cannot. I've tried I mean, many times. <laughs> you could you could hack the internet and like stop my internet from working, but yeah. outside of that, I don't yeah. know if you can yeah. really I, do that. Also, if I if I was going to hack the internet, you would be like 14th on the list of people I'd mess with. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, As in, like, there are 13 more people you need to mess with, or oh, like, yeah, man, there's just scary to mess with. Oh no, uh, no. Uh, listen, uh, you, you're definitely on the list because you'd know that it was me. But there's other people. <laughs>